Hello, and welcome to the Fishnets and Phantoms podcast. This is your host, Amy Shelfsrain, wishing you a happy October 1st. All right, all you ghouls and garbales. Tonight, we will have our usual segment of news of the quite interesting, and thoughts on Tigers Are Not Afraid, and another ghost story. It seems that a stone bracelet found in 2008 in the Denisova cave of the Adelaide Mountains of Siberia may date back to 40,000 years ago. This would easily make it the oldest known jewelry of its kind. Anatoly Devonyenko, director of the Russian Academy of Science Institute of Archaeology Ethnography, and his research team believe that the Denisovian layer in which the bracelet was found to be uncontaminated by later human activity. The soil around the bracelet contains other items that were not characteristic of the Paleolithic era. They found symbolic items, the bracelet and a marble ring that may be connected to the bra- may have been connected to the bracelet. To drill the holes found into the stone, the creative would have had to access a speed drill, a boring rasp, and multiple polishing techniques. This bracelet was made of chlorite and is said to reflect the sun in a stunning way. The find was reported by the Siberian Times. The Nenisovans are an early homonym who occupied Asia and interbred with the Neanderthal and Homo sapiens, but have been recently found to have a closer genetic relation to the Neanderthal than the Homo sapien homonyms. There has been much speculation as to the nature of the mysterious Denisovans. There are those who say that somehow they are not of this earth, or perhaps were part of a seed population who thought, who taught our early hominoid ex- ancestors the basic skills of crafting, farming, and even mathematics. However, there are other theories that the archaeological layers are perhaps more contaminated than with than previously thought, and articles from later digs may have become part of the Denisovian layer. Either way, the findings in the Siberian cave are quite interesting. Ridley Scott's Alien is to return to theaters this October. Alien, originally released in 1979, has recently been the subject of the acclaimed documentary Memory, The Origins of Alien, Alien will be shown at local theaters by Fathom Events, Sunday, October 13th at 1.4 p.m., Tuesday, October 8th, and Wednesday, the 15th at 7 p.m., and the 16th at 7 p.m. also. I highly suggest that you go see it. It is a movie that is made to be shown on a big screen. It's a beautiful movie, and the artwork and the imaginings of H.R. Giger are, when seen in a large format like that, overwhelming. There's really nothing that is like a theater experience. One can't ever really capture that experience in their own home. So I look forward to, and hopefully you look forward to, seeing Alien on the big screen very soon. And on to thoughts on Tigers Are Not Afraid. Tigers Are Not Afraid is a magical realism horror fairy tale movie. It is set in present-day Mexico. Tigers Are Not Afraid is a very hard movie to watch. It is... Okay, my co-host, Feifei the cat, 
as come in and uh, offered her opinion on the movie. She'd like to point out that tigers are truly not afraid. Neither are house cats, apparently. Okay, um, Tigers Are Not Afraid is a magical realism horror fairy tale movie set in present-day Mexico. <laughs> Tigers Are Not Afraid is a very hard movie to watch. It is a movie that is filmed beautifully, and all the actors are phenomenal despite their young age. It is also a movie that shows the daily extremes of violence through the eyes of very young protagonists, the children that populate the movie's gang, main gang. These children are incredible performers. They seem very realistic and utterly authentic in their roles. And that makes them even more heartbreaking to see the horrible life that they are subjected to. The children are heartbreakingly brave, and they're but they are necessarily pragmatic. They're admirably loyal once you're accept accepted into their group, but they're still children in pain, and they intrinsically believe in the magical and nightmarish realities taught to them by the adults around them. These magical scenes are interwoven with the poverty and extreme violence of their everyday life, which, however, is counterpointed with the extreme love that you see between the friends and the mother and children child relationships in the movie. The film was directed by Issa Lopez. It was also written by Issa Lopez. It was released in at the 2017 Fantastic Fest. Ala Laura is haunting as the main character Estrella. Juan Ramon Lopez plays the vulnerably tough El Shine, the leader of the small gang of orphans. The movie has won 50 awards internationally and has a 97% score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I believe that it should probably have won quite a few more awards and if it was seen more availably in the United States, I think that it probably would have won an Oscar. I find the Mexican cinema's use of magical realism mesmerizing. From the lyrical Like Water for Chocolate, throughout Guillermo del Toro's work, Two Tigers Are Not Afraid, it shows an outlook on a world where both horror and delight transcend the observable world and make real the traditionally intangible world of dreams. This way of seeing reality, when in a horror context, reminds me of the angelic beings released at the climax of Raiders of the Lost Ark, who in an instant go from ephemeral angelic beings to terrifying monsters. Issa Lopez gracefully uses the cognitive dissonance of the serenity of the stories of the brave tiger, shattered by the violence of the cartels who hunt the orphans. This puts the viewer in a liminal space, which affects both the fantasy, making it more believable and acceptable in such a serious movie, and the realistic violence, making it take on the folk a folktale aspect that slightly softens the dark edges. I say slightly because this is a tough movie to watch. Adults and children are murdered on screen, and though the ending is somewhat hopeful, it is a movie dealing with the so very, so very current drug wars and violence plaguing today's Mexico. I would easily give this movie a five-star rating, but it is a movie that I would heavily caution viewers to perhaps skip if they are sensitive to realistic violence and peril to children. All right, moving on to ghost stories. Ghost stories are, of course, everybody's favorite part. The next story was told to me when I think I was about 16. A friend of mine told me about how one night he went out of his 
family's house to take out the garbage. It was a normal summer night. And down the alleyway of his block, he saw a man moving in the distance. Now, obviously it's not unusual for there to be people in the alleyway, but there was something about the way the man moved that caught his eye. The man seemed to be walking in circles very, very slowly. And he could hear a noise coming from the man, a sort of chanting sound. Now, of course, his first idea was that it was probably a street person. But something about the man still bothered him. So after he put the garbage down, he walked back to the place where he could see the man more clearly. And he realized that he wasn't wearing a hoodie like he originally thought with a hood up, but he was actually wearing a robe, like a pastor's robe or a, um, I guess, a monk's robe. And he was walking in slow circles in the, at the end of the alleyway. Now, this would have been disturbing, but something that he would be able to deal with, except for he realized that every circle that the man made, he became closer and closer to my friend. He realized that in time, the man's circles would bring him just to the edge of their backyard. So he retreated a little bit back to his yard to see if the man was going to come that far. The monk figure continued his chanting and continued his slow circles going back up the going up the alley towards him and he realized that the man was chanting in either Spanish or Latin. He hoped it was Spanish considering the neighborhood there was many Latino people living there at the time but as he grew closer he realized that it was definitely Latin. The figure as it came closer there was something odd about it it didn't seem to define itself as a figure from the distance usually does as it came closer and closer. So my friend retreated a little bit further back to the house and he had hoped that perhaps his mother would come home or father and make him feel a little bit more secure, but they weren't due to be back for another hour or two. So my friend watched the figure continue in his slow circles as he came back closer and closer. At one point, the man was only a few yards away, and so my friend ducked into his own house and locked the door. He said a few prayers, and when when he thought that the figure must be passed by the time, he felt like he should check just to make sure that the figure hadn't seen him and come to investigate the yard more closely. He went to the window of the den of the house. Shade went up. He realized that the man in the monk's outfit was actually standing right outside the window, staring back at him. And he had long, greasy hair and a vacant look in his eyes. My friend quickly pulled the shade down and ran out the front door of his house. 
locking it and going as quickly as he could to his grandma's house. His parents later dismissed the whole incident, of course, because, you know, he was a teenager and he was probably up to no good or making up stories. But that story, well, that happening, haunted my friend for the rest of his life. All right, if you have any ghost stories, um, or real, real life stories, actually, as that was, I suppose it was actually a ghost. Could have been a ghost, but it was a tangible ghost in the end. Please send them in to the Fishnets and Phantoms podcast on our Facebook page or Facebook group. All right, well, this closes the podcast for the 1st of October, and... I wish you a wonderful and spooky night. Take care from me and my co-host, Fei Fei.